it, it's insane because like you notice that all of these great ideas are really coming out and it's um it's really moving the philippines in a forward direction i i've definitely noticed the the rise of generation entrepreneur here i, I think it's it's great i mean all these minds coming together to make something unique and different you're listening to all in a podcast brought to you by the refined gentleman's lifestyle lounge powered by podcast network asia in this episode noel sits down and talks to christian valdez the founder of cmv chocolate which conceives the most beautiful philippines inspired chocolates this is all in what's going on buddy Chillin', chillin' like a villain, man. Thanks so much for uh, being on All In Podcast. You know, like this is, uh, we've had our conversations, like a lot of them at the Refine, you know, as you know, and then I think when we went to that event near, where the hell were we, bro? Remember we- Which one? The the whiskey, the whiskey. The whiskey, ah, event. the whiskey, yeah. This the single malt pH event that you know we rolled back and had a really because I, I didn't really know too much about your story to be honest, right? I didn't like I knew, you know, you have your company, the chocolate company. You want to what is it? A CMX? I can never CMV CMV chocolate, yeah. CMV chocolate. First of all, I gotta know how did you come up with that name besides your initials? But why did you spend chocolate that way? Uh, well, you know, it really has to do with uh, my culture and my roots. So um, aside from being Filipino, well, part Filipino, I'm also Spanish Basque. So the spelling of chocolate in our brand is also like paying homage to um, my culture and my heritage. So um, it's spelt in the Basque way of spelling chocolate, Spanish Basque. And then you can, but you still pronounce it chocolate. So yeah, CM, CMV. Spelling, but <laughs> What's yeah. the M, what is the M? Initial in the middle. Um, that's my middle name, Mendieta. What is so it? So it's uh, Valdez. Oh, nice man, nice. Yeah, I've always wanted to ask you that, and I never did because I'm always like, I know it's a CMV, but I don't know how to say the second part because it's like I think it's a T or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, it's, but I then I just call it chocolate. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I throw you through a loop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, okay, this is, because this is interesting. For me, the one thing that was really interesting and why I wanted to get, get you on the podcast because your background, I, you know, like I said, that car ride back home from that single malt pH event, you know, we got to talk and I found out that you lived in San Diego for a bit. But I mean, and then the whole chocolate, I, I still am fascinated by how you fell in, into this, this business of chocolate and the reason why is like I'm having a conversation deep conversation with one of it's my best friend back in Toronto and he's looking for his purpose he's looking for what gets him out of bed he does very well for himself as a real estate agent like incredibly well and he makes uh, you know you know a really good income doing it yeah. but he's now questioning his purpose like you know he wants to be when I say hey bro are you good? It's like, yeah, but I'd rather be great. And we were talking about purpose. And so I had to name off, like, because like I said, I've known him since I was a kid, over 37 years. And I was naming all the stuff that he likes and loves. Chocolate, man. Like, I know everyone loves chocolate, but why, why chocolate? 
But, you know, I mean, like, um, it all started. I mean, like, I, I grew up um, in a household that everyone loved to eat. And uh, my mom, my, my grandmother um, loved to cook. And my grandmother was one heck of a cook. I mean, she was featured all over um, the Philippines. Um, she also um, worked with Wolfgang Puck before. And she also um, trained a lot of the chefs on the, the ships that were allowed to dock here um, under Maersk Line um, during martial law. So um, growing up with that kind of a background, I mean, it couldn't, of course, I couldn't help but have my interest in the culinary scene um, peaked. What ended up happening, though, of course, um, any of my trips here with my sister and my mom, uh, we would always sneak in, my sister and I, that is, would always sneak into um, the TV room of my grandmother and raid her fridge, which was, you know, stocked, jam-packed with uh, chocolate. So, I mean, I had that also, um, I, the, my love for chocolates. And then growing up in San Francisco, I also had, um, I literally lived like about like a five, 10 minute car ride down the street from Seas Candy. So you can imagine oh, wow. high school, you grow up smelling Seas Candy, you know I mean? It was like the best feeling in the world. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I moved back here um, to finish up my, my degree, it was, it was interesting. I made friends with one of the chefs in the chocolate room of the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, I've always loved eating chocolates, but how do you make them? So this guy taught me how to make them. And then from there, it just became a hobby, which became a passion and accidentally turned into a company. Yeah, but you didn't, your background is not culinary. Like, it's not like you said out of high school, I'm going to be a chef. I'm going to go to culinary school. I'm going to work as a sous chef, you know, work up the ranks of, you know, the, I don't even know what's called the dessert area of a, of a restaurant and say, you know what, like, that's the normal path. Like, you know, I mean, if, if I had to guess, that's what I would say. Oh, Christian probably worked at a rest, you know, at a restaurant or hotel. He did all the desserts and he just made really good chocolate. So he said, you know what, I'm going to take like, but no, that's not the case with you. Tell, like, tell me what was your, what is your, what's your background? Like what my did you background study? Is, I took up hotels. So I mean, like, yeah, there is that, you know, that little part right there where it's just like, Oh, hotel culinary, you know, HRM. But um, of course my, my degree was in hotel administration, you know? Yeah. So, how did I get from hotel administration to food? But I love to eat. Yeah. If I could do food, I would. Um, I just didn't think myself a great chef or a great cook. So I wanted to do something that I could really fall back on. Yeah. And uh, well, so far, apparently I was wrong. And I can make pretty darn good chocolates. So oh, yeah. I mean, I had to apply that to my degree or use my degree. No, that's like, it's true, man. Like, like your chocolate is, I, I, I've made that comment about your chocolate that it doesn't even look like chocolate. It looks like gemstones, like to the point that the first Thank time I've ever, ever ate it, I was about to bite into it. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know if I can, I, this is going to hurt my teeth because it looks so nice, man. Like just the way, you know, the way, it, like the way you shape it, the, the gloss on it. It's like you must, I can't be the first one that ever say that. It looks like a gemstone. 
like when you eat it, you your mind's gonna tell you it's gonna it's gonna be a hard piece of candy, but it's not. It like melts in your mouth, and yeah, Amy loves it. I like I don't know anybody who does not love this. Like when they see it, the way it's packaged, and it's amazing how you like you're you you've touched every single part of it from the design, the the, the packaging. Like it's crazy. So. I mean, good on you, man. But like, how did that passion, not just like, hey, let's just make chocolate. You took it the next step. Like the way it looks, looks like no other candy I've seen. I mean, uh, growing up in San Francisco, you know, and also having that family background, I was surrounded by chocolates that um, looked that part, um, that were really that part. So, I mean, like, I, I, I guess that's kind of where my interest and my passion was like how you can do such intricate designs, how you can get the shell, the perfect thickness, um, mm -hmm. how to get flavors and everything that complement one another, one another without yeah. overpowering them. So, yeah. um, that's really how that came along. I mean, um, especially with influence of brands, like, um, for example, one of my favorite brands that I used to get all the time in San Francisco, Sharpenberger, the packaging, which was a balsa wood box. With, oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it was just, you know, their, their logo, simple, just like burned into the box. And then when you opened it and you saw the chocolates, they're all individually wrapped um, perfectly. And then also, of course, Seize Candy, when you'd mm -hmm. see that each flavor had their own design. And their own design was flawless and it, it was just beautiful. So, I mean, I wanted to be able to do that, but also tie in the Philippines, like yeah. Philippine culture, um, but elevate that. So each design also does have its own um, tie to Philippine culture. Mm -hmm. You have the white and blue one. Uh, I, I, think it, I think it's cranberry, the white and blue. It looks like a majority um, piece. Ah, I think you're talking about the salt and pepper caramel. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you're is that, talking about. It is that like, where, it, yeah, it looks like a Mahjong piece. Like it was inspired by Mahjong. Again, it's crazy. I know. It's just like I said, there's, there's, we, you know, obviously I bought some for uh, Mother's Day. Uh, we ate yeah. uh, for, and then I'll be honest with you. It's like, we just couldn't stop eating it. Like as soon as you have one in the surprise and it's just not so power, like it's not, a, it's like, like I've never really been a fan of chocolate that has like, you don't know what's inside, but yours just has a, a really good balance. So what, what, how do you come up with these uh, flavors? Like what, like what makes you put these two flavors together or, you know what I mean? Like the combination uh, of the things that you do of the chocolates. Have you, have you ever um, gone to a restaurant and you ordered something and you're like, this is really good, but it would be better if I had, if they did this or if they added this to it. Um, Have you ever? Yeah. You know, I well, obviously when it's the, yeah, I would, if I'm having something, you know I mean? Like a, like an Italian food, I'm like, Oh, it would taste really good if I had like a, a red wine sauce or something like that. But, yeah, no, I get what you mean. Is that so? That's how you kind of come up with it. You're inspired by different flavors of different foods. Of like when you go to a restaurant, like yeah, when I go to a restaurant, yes, it definitely does inspire me to um, 
make chocolates and everything. Or also like when I travel, um, one of the things I do travel for is um, eating. I love food. So I will literally travel to different places for food, um, especially around the Philippines. So uh, one of the things that I do is I'll just eat my way through like a, a wet market <laughs> yeah. or, you know, pro market. And sometimes I'll be like, man, you know, this mango is so freaking good. You know, like I want to eat this mango. Um, let me see what's around me. Oh, I bet you this mango tastes really good with cashew. Um, the overlying yeah. sweetness of the mango and the nuttiness of a raw cashew. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. so I mean, my head, that's how my, my head plays around. It's really inspired by things I've tried, um, by places I go to. Were you, were you always like that? Or you now making chocolate that now it's in your brain? But, or was it, always, like, like I said, was it always something growing up that food was like, I know everyone loves food, but you're, it sounds <laughs> like you're a true foodie. Like you just love the combinations of flavors and stuff. Was that always in you from the very, very beginning? Yeah, I could say that was always in me since the very beginning, or at least since I was old enough to watch Scooby-Doo, you know, I mean, like Scooby and Shaggy always had those like crazy combinations. So I guess that's also, um, it was my childhood um, that kind of gave me ideas to like play around, to try all these weird combinations. And um, it really brought me to a lot of good conclusions and also a lot of bad conclusions about food, um, mm -hmm. things that I would try and things i would say man <laughs> save yourself yeah. some time don't try you know yeah no that's why like it's so fascinating talking to you because again you know i when i look at you i don't think obviously this is a guy who makes he's a chocolatier but the things that the, the level you've taken this chocolate is like you know how many levels up like i said people talk about it the, it tastes Thank amazing you. um but it's what's i'm asked the reason why i'm asking it's about when you were younger it just because it seems like you're doing exactly what you want to do like there's no other like i mean you might want to do other stuff you know what has to do with food but you're all in like you you haven't taken any compromises at all you're like no i'm in i'm focusing on this this is what i love to do because you probably get a lot of opportunities uh you know opportunities thrown at you to do other stuff but for some reason this is this is your passion and i love it yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I really am all in when it comes to this. I mean, I've had opportunities to work um, in different countries for different hotels. Um, just for, I, I've even had um, all these crazy opportunities, which I mean, like, if I didn't have this, you know, I mean, if I never had, um, you know, indulged in, the art of and the business of um chocolates i probably would have done um but looking back i mean i literally have a reason to wake up in the morning um knowing that i can elevate the philippines um through chocolates but also because i know that my chocolates actually make people happy i mean just like that box that you got for yeah. amy which i hope she shared with you because i mean i mean not to throw her <laughs> under the bus or anything yes no. see not to share yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut on that one. But she did share. I'll. I'll be honest. She did share. But it was hard because she. That's her weakness. Is your chocolates? I'm not even exaggeration, man. Like she's not much of a a sweet tooth in a sense of eating, 
you know, seeing chocolate, she'll eat it. But something about yours is just, I think it's the combinations of flavors. And and now it's not a surprise because she's had it multiple times, but it's still, you can see in her face, it's the same thing. It's the same reaction every single time, like she ate it for the first time. So yeah, man, she did share. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. That's all I'll say is that she did share. Um, why, why the, why the Philippines, man? Like, I mean, you said that you, you know, you live just down the street or you went to school and sees candies is right there. Like, why not pursue this in the States, man? Like why the Philippines? Like, I mean, obviously chocolate is a big thing in, in, in the States too. Yeah. No, I mean like you're, you're right. Chocolates is huge in the States. But the Philippines has always been like my home away from home. I mean, um, I, I pretty much spent half my time here and half my time in the States. And when I was here, it was always like paradise for me. I mean, San Francisco gets cold and windy. Out here, it's tropical. It's hot. The beaches are great. My family is here. I have a lot of friends. So, I mean, like, I felt really comfortable here. And I wanted to be able to maintain my relationship with my family and get to know my family while also doing something that's productive and can also, you know, generate income. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it also kept me here. Yeah. And what, what one thing that's, I'm not sure if a lot of people know about this, but your humanitarian, humanitarian uh, things that you do for, with the chocolates, like the things that you do to support, you know, the, you know, I, I, we were talking in the car and I'm trying to remember the story that you were about to go to one of the islands. And, and I think, I'm not sure if you were supposed to, again, teach or something has to do with schools. What was that, that about? Yeah. So um, I was actually um, working with one heart for hope. So mm -hmm. we went down to South Cotabato and um, we built a preschool for, um the children of the Tiboli tribe and that's also right that's it. it was the tribe i remember that story it was like you were talking about a tribe yeah i mean it was one of those things that um you're able to give back and actually that's one of my goals is that i want to be able to preserve the culture in that area i don't know if you've been to um no. lake sabu and you've no. seen like the Tiboli people oh man they're they're awesome. They're crazy talented. Um, their textiles, their weaves, everything beautiful. Um, actually, one of the um, weavers there who passed on a few years back was um, considered a um, national artist for um, the weaves that she does, well, did. And I mean, her tinalak is beautiful. It's actually made from banana leaves. Um, mm -hmm. Well, the banana um bark i guess you'd call it yeah. um it's beautiful stuff so i mean like seeing that and seeing how raw but cultural it is i really wanted to um do what i could to preserve that and also to preserve and the fact that it's filipino i mean with how you see the philippines like in manila you yeah. notice how westernized it's become right oh yeah yeah it's so westernized so i mean so when you actually like go to places outside of the city and you see like tribes people and you see their culture, their dance, the food and everything, it really just like, <laughs> um, sorry, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, no, but I mean like you really see mm -hmm. 
what it is about what what it's like to be Filipino, you know, without all the distractions coming in from outside and everything. So you yeah. see that raw culture. Yeah, I mean, so that being said, because there, you can tell by your chocolates that there's a lot of inspiration of the Filipino culture, like, you know, the textiles, even the colors that you chose. I mean, it's it's evident. Any plans of taking the chocolates globally, like, you know, to spread that story, to tell that story of the Philippines? Like, is it, you know, plans going, you know, to San Francisco, to California, to, to you know, and really, you know, start telling that story? To everyone else you know definitely i definitely plan on going international right now we're waiting for our certificate of product registration mm -hmm. from fda so our, we already got our fda um certification now we're just waiting for um our certificate of product registration so that way we can actually export our chocolates abroad yeah. and we can share our story um and one important factor about it and that's really driving us to push for exportation is the fact that a lot of people know the philippines but they don't really know what it is yeah. to be filipino so a lot of times people are saying oh i love adobo i love pancit you know um it, their knowledge of the philippines isn't really that deep it, it, i feel at times like they've only scratched the surface so, I mean, to educate them on what it is to be Filipino, what it's like to grow up Filipino, and um, what the Filipino taste is, is really our main drive and goal. Any, any thoughts of, uh, because it's obviously it's big on, you know, the food channel and the food network, doing your own show, like your own cooking show? You know, is, was, there, was there, like, is there any passion for that to kind of, I remember in Toronto, there was this uh, show, I think it was called Sugar. And it was a chef and she just, anything that has to do with sugar or sweets or chocolates, she'll make it. And it was like huge, huge hit. I can see you doing that. I mean, you're, you're super good in the, you know, in front of the camera. And, and I think, you know, the story that you're going to tell that vehicle would be kind of cool to kind of get that story out of the Philippines and the, the things that you make with chocolate. Well, I definitely would like to do um, a, a show um, I've actually uh, met with uh, my marketing team and everything, and we're we're starting to do a few recipes made better made better with CMB uh, CMB chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the goals. But then also with um, one of my friends who has her own marketing firm, she's been wanting to uh, work with me on a, a TV show um, for chocolates and for other available local. Um, produce and everything so um, one of the goals there is to um, teach people how to cook using um, ingredients that you can get locally from mom-and-pop um, shops yeah. and also um, using limited budget and using limited supplies so I mean um, there's that challenge there but it's something that we're actually working on and I'm really excited to um, well, really excited to start. It's just a little that's, hard with everything that's going on right well, now. <laughs> what's going on? But I mean, that's amazing. Like I said, like we've never had that conversation, but I've always been meaning to to ask you that because, like I said, I've known you, you know, since you've been a member at the Refine, and you'll come in and you'll sponsor a bunch of our events, and again, always a hit with your chocolates. And if anything, the, the staff, everyone eats it too quickly. Sometimes it's like, okay, don't touch that while we haven't, you know, we have to still serve that at the event. 
but yeah, I always want to meet, I was meaning to tell you, cause again, like the difference now with businesses, it's not like just one Avenue. Like you have to create different, like, I guess, content channels to get the word out because yeah. it's so competitive out there with everything, no matter how good your chocolates are, you have to constantly invent, invent yourself and invent the content and, and try different things. Cause there's so everyone's obviously their eyeballs are everywhere. Even now with the, the quarantine, it's harder to get someone's attention because they're like, they're on everything. Like if you have what, three seconds and it's gone. But I, what I've noticed with you is like, you're really good. Like I've, I, you know, I think there was your feature on magazines and you're like the chocolate guy. I, I think that's what we call you is the chocolate guy or the chocolate boy, right? <laughs> you know, cause you're so, you're, to me, you're still young. I can be, a, I think your dad, but you're the chocolate <laughs> boy because of what you, you're known for. Like you're known for these chocolates and it's, yeah, I've always been meaning to say, man, like if anybody should have a show, man, it's really you. So hopefully someone's listening to this and really pushes you to uh, get that started Not after after quarantine or you can actually can't you don't you think you can actually somewhat start it now in you know be just right now with zoom and all that stuff in youtube and i i i can see that happening yeah actually most definitely um we're i'm already starting to kind of play around a little bit with recipes and everything yeah. and um we actually have some videos lined up um with my company uh with that made better by cmv chocolate so um i guess it's really just me acclimating to being in front of the camera and everything and yeah. being comfortable so at least um once this e this ecq is all done and everything then we can also like start migrating um some of the footage we have and um i can start coming out with new um, content and everything and maybe just like start off for now like on a youtube channel or something yeah. i mean that seems like um one of the first routes that a lot of um, people are going about youtube um instagram facebook and so on maybe uh i'd like to take this opportunity to maybe to address the uh the listeners that are about to start a business i mean you're i want to say you're a one-man show but like you took chocolate creating chocolate this business into like just so multifaceted of different you know different things that you have planned like in the beginning when you started this thing like you know someone starting up a business right now what advice would you give them right now especially during this quarantine uh which is i would like to say one of the best times to start something is now what advice do you have because again you look at your company it's technically chocolate but you've taken it to so many different levels how did you do that what was in your mindset when you did that to, to create that. To, so if a listener is starting about to start something, a business, you know, something from you, like some word of, words of wisdom. Well, just to keep it simple, I mean, like um, for me, I, I'm doing, um, I have goods. So I mean, when I started my company, I had no idea I was really going to start my company. Um, it was just one of those things that I did well and um, it got attention. And that's I, I got I was really fortunate. But if I were to give anyone advice, I'd like to just say, you know, follow your passion and make sure that there's also a market for it. And if there is no market, then see if you can penetrate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you I mean, take, like, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a trial and error. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming definitely. that 
Yeah, you're. I don't think you know. I I guarantee a lot of people they see your truck. Oh, he got lucky. Oh, he probably doesn't have any problems like my business. But that's probably definitely not true. I think every business will have their huge obstacles in front of them. And you know that's actually the fun part um, of having a company because it's how you deal with these obstacles and everything. I mean, I won't, you know, like the first time um, around when I actually moved my company out, out from my house in Makati and I got our first branch, which was on Bayani Road in uh, BGC. Um, there were times where I was just like, okay, we don't have any clients. Um, what am I going to do? Um, mm-hmm. Our savings and everything. How long is that going to last and everything? So, I mean, it's it's nerve-wracking because you want to generate revenue. Mm-hmm. So that way the company can grow. So that way you can also get materials and everything. So, I mean, that's, um, it was scary. But at the same time, it was fun because it also helps your mind work and develop processes to generate more revenue or to um, to get your your name out there so that at least that way you can stay relevant and you can also um, make sure that your company is safe and yeah. is built that savings that you need. Yeah. So I mean, so, you yeah. definitely got to make sure. <laughs> Are you one of those entrepreneurs that basically works on his, their business 24 seven, you know, grinding till the wee hours in the morning and, and, and not really probably sleeping two to three hours a night and then going at it or, are you one of the new entrepreneurs, which I feel we should start really looking at is really scheduling their day and, and finding time to take a step away from what they're doing and get inspired by other things. And, you know, so that way you're refreshing, you're resetting, you're, you know, you're recharging. Funny enough, I'm actually a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, before, if you ask me about like, five years ago I was the guy that would be grinding away to the wee hours and then I said okay this is not healthy um, because if you're not able to get help and to schedule and everything then you know you're just gonna you're not gonna move forward you're just gonna be stagnant or even if you do move forward it's gonna be at a snail's pace and at the end of the day it's your health that's gonna suffer so um, what I started doing was um, I hired more people to do different different cogs of what i needed done in the company yeah and um i started scheduling my day so that way i can meet with people talk to people and um you know i can also get these ideas that can help me adapt them to my company and see what works and what doesn't work now the plus side of um hiring people to um to help you out and everything it was I, I built a family, you know, so yeah, yeah. this actually became a family thing. Um, so my, my employees aren't, aren't really my employees anymore. They're my aunts and uncles. So um, that was that was a fun aspect of yeah. that. What did you learn that? Like, did you read it like read it from a book? Are you like, are you one of those entrepreneurs also that really you know, absorbs it like no, you know, a bunch of books and or audiobooks or videos or Gary Vaynerchuk and all this stuff. Like, how do you like? Again, you're you're pretty you're pretty young. I would like to say, um, what are you? How did you learn all this stuff? So, um, I did take some classes, but at the same time, 
a lot of it I learned from uh, trial and error. I mean, some things worked for me, some things didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like, you know, falling off of your bike and then getting back on. You you analyze why you fell off of your bike and you learn what not to do and what, what to do to keep you on your bike. But um, I also, um, actually at the Refine, um, I talked to a lot of um, the people there. I made a lot of friends and everything, yeah. you included. Um, mm-hmm. And listening to um, how you guys um, would face a situation and how you guys would also, um, you know, be able to ride it. I was also able to apply some of those things to my company. And I mean, it worked. So um just all over the place from class from experience yeah. and you know also like learning from other people that i've met along the way yeah it's kind of like there's no set rule how to do this it's kind of like i mean yeah. if there is one core thing it's keep on learning continue learning different things like you know do things that you've never done before get inspired you know, take a step away for Definitely. a second, reset. I mean, this whole, like I said, you know, another show, other part, the other episodes is that this quarantine allows you to reset and look at your business and, and take a look what's working, what's not working, and then go and do it again or continue what you're doing. Did you, have you found anything during this quarantine that kind of says, you know what, there it is. Like that was, I had a, I had some feeling that wasn't going to work, but now this quarantine is actually, you know, it's kind of race to the top. All right, good. Like during this quarantine, obviously it's not just, you know, you find out what's working, what's not working. Did you find that in your business or everything's still the same as before? Well, okay, let me see. That's actually a tough one. So, I mean, like there were a few things that I realized that weren't working, um, but are working now because of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also things that I know once this quarantine ends that I'm going to have to change back so that way it works for the company. So, I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, it's complicated, but it's not. Yeah. It's um, confusing, but it's not. Um, it's just really about being adaptable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about it, about this quarantine. I think even now we were kind of – we're still doing it, and, I, you know, we're going to do testing that we want to lost that pizza thing, that pizza idea and make pizza whole, like yes. village pizza. And I, we're serious about this. I think, you know, at first, you know, I'm not sure how serious you thought I was when I mentioned it to you, but there is no pizza joint in Akasha States that I know of, unless it's friggin' secret, but something about, <laughs> I know, right? for me, and I told you about this, the reason why I want to do it, it's a, it's, it's a something that's opposite from all the things I'm doing. It allows me to kind of take a mental break and make pizza and not just any pizza. Like, uh, you know, I come from, I live in Toronto and the neighborhood that I lived in was probably without exaggeration, 90% Italian and the other 10% or the other 5% was Portuguese. And then the other 1% was me, you know, the only Asian guy in the, in, in the freaking village. But I got to learn how to make really, really good pizza that, I'm, I'm still amazed at how simple really is. It's all about the ingredients. So that's why I wanted to, that's why I want to do it is not really, Hey, let's make some money. I was even talking to Amy. I'd love to donate a portion of that, that money to, for her, you know, little sister's program to give back 
right? right? It, again, but it's it'll be so much fun. I mean, I'm gonna look towards you because you're the you know you're the quote unquote chef, but it's gonna be fun because it's just something different. I need like it's a mental break. Do, do you find that you also? What do you do to get that mental break? Like, what is the things that you do? Like, ex, like outside of chocolate. You know, I mean, um, that's for me to get that mental break. I'd have to say it's working out. Um, but more specifically, it, for me, it's swimming. So, I mean, like, any time I can just get into water or anything, yeah. I mean, that really just like, helps me get all my thoughts in line, you know, get past those and just like, you know, blank out and like get my Zen moments. So, I mean, like, anything with me in water. That's that's my go-to. And um, going back to that pizza idea, you know, I mean, I really thought, um, I saw how serious you were. I could see it in your eyes and everything. And actually, um, after you, you left, I was just like, huh, what could I do differently? What are different mm -hmm. ways that I can actually go about it? So my mind started working. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it was nice because um, I love pizza. And I was able to like really say, okay, well, how about if we did like a brioche crust or if we did um, something like this or if we did like, um, I don't know if you've had like Little Caesars before. Yeah, yeah. I've had it a couple times back in, in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, have you had those like garlic twists, you know? Oh, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Those things are so good. So, yeah, I mean, I had, like, crazy ideas after you left. Like, I was, like, thinking, what happens if we did, like, a brioche mango twist with, like, a oh, chocolate dipping sauce or something? I was, yeah, you know? that, that is amazing. <laughs> that, like, see, for me, it's, like, it's, it's one of the, like I said, there's something passionate, like, um, powerful when you're not focusing on the money. Like, you're not focusing on, hey, how much money are we going to make from this? It's, like, no, let's have some fun. Are we going to mix the mango <laughs> and then the puree or chocolate like we can mix it all together and I, I went through the same journey in my head and I always have this rule of when I make pizza no more than three ingredients that's it that's how it's supposed to be it's supposed to be simple but it's a question of what are the three that you're going to put together that's you know there's so many combinations uh that you can put yeah. and obviously I said to you it's like man your chocolate it, it one has to be uh a, a, you know CMV chocolate pizza of some sort and that oh, would taste definitely. so freaking good and again it's so simple man like i i'm i'm, I'm looking for if anybody's listening to this we're looking for a barbecue i i messaged somebody i think it's because of quarantine that like i'll see if you message back but it's so simple to make and like i said people are going to smell in the village and it will it, maybe we'll just do it every friday night and that's it and and you know we're not going to do it every day it's this is something to look forward to uh, and again, for me, it's not about the money. It's the proceeds. I don't care where it goes. If we donate all of it, pay for the ingredients and donate. It's something, it's something fun, man. And I, I know for me that I get inspired by stuff like that. Like just to take a, a few hours of, all right. Rest. Oh, heck yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 I think, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm very optimistic when it comes to business, but I can actually see a lot of people you know, ordering this pizza from us in the pizza box and we'll, you know, do a little stamp on top of it, very simple and, and just get it out there. And, and every Friday have something to look forward to, man. Cause again, it's so, Actually, yeah. you know what I mean? There's so much dreary right now. Like there's so, I hate looking at Facebook and all the, 
the shit that's going down and people fucking breaking quarantine and la la la. I want to, let's, we need to bring that, take the next, the other side of that and, and bring some happiness and something fun. You know what I mean, we need we need to inject that in Facebook and Instagram to some fun stuff. I think that's why a lot of people love TikTok. Because like yeah. I don't do it. I'll be honest with you, I don't do it. I do you know, Amy does it quite a bit. She's very good. Amy's at it. really good. Huh? Oh my god. And she she works hard at it. Like I'm serious. She'll come out and she's so excited and I love it. I just don't have that in me, but I do watch it and it is funny. So but that's what I think. That's why the popularity of TikTok is because people need some happiness. You know what I mean? And that's why I think your, your, your chocolate is such a hit because not only does it taste great, but there's the, the visual aspect is it makes you happy when you see it. Like when you see it, the, like I know, again, I always go back to it. It's like, whoa, this is so, oh my God, look at that. One. Look at that design. And then trying to decide with, you know, which one you're going to eat first. That's a happiness that we need to start injecting in business. Like business, you know, money is great, but I've always said legacy over currency has always been my motto in everything that I do. This is uh, true. And I've, and I've noticed that with, that's why I think, you know, I know that's why I gravitated to you when you're, you know, at, at the refine, when you came in, we started talking because you have the same mindset, man. It's legacy over currency and you love love making chocolate like i i've i've witnessed you the way you present it even how you present it, it's like you love what you're about you know this is what i've done right and you you know going back to yeah. your, your your team your team you love your team i remember we were riding back back home and you had two of your team members and they were just like you can tell they were working all day but they were so happy to be there you know what i mean and and i noticed how you interact with your your staff that they're not really staff they're they're like they're kind of like owners or yeah they're like owners of the company and that's what's great about your company and i think that's why again we gravitate to that we gravitate to each other because we have the same mindset yeah no i mean most definitely i mean actually my my team they're like my kids you know what i mean i th i guess i i can say i'm old enough now where um you know i can say that oh okay these guys are young enough where they can probably be like my kids you know yeah. so i mean um i mean like they look out for me and i look out for them actually um ever since uh, mid-march they haven't been reporting but i've been like literally following up with them you yeah. know all the time like saying hey make sure that you guys wash your hands if you're yeah. gonna go out you're wearing this and everything Sometimes I think they're just like, oh my God, you're the, you're the paranoid mother. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Like even now we got some good news about the, the government allowance. And I was so happy when I found that out because it's, it's such a hard time. And like I said, you know, as owners, man, we care about our team. I mean, without our team, we might, might as well close the door. Like, you know, at, you know, with us at the refine, it's them that makes the refine. Like we have always yep. said that, that, that our employees come first, the members come second. We have to make our employees love what they do because it, it obviously shows and it does show because the response that we get from our members. But I was, during this time, this is what gutted me. It's like, I, you know, when I'm hearing all these news about the government and they, they ran out of money, it's like, and obviously as a small business, we can only do so much to keep, you know, keep afloat and, and, and hopefully open for another day. Like we have to plan for survival mode. and 
you know, hearing the good news, you know, today, or is it, to, yeah, yesterday, I was like over the moon. I'm like, yes. And, you know, I have a special place for all my employees, even though I have to make, you know, tough decisions at times. But I remember all of them when interviewing them and you just really become, yeah, you, they become your kids. You know what I mean? But you have to be that tough parent also that you can't show that a lot. You have to say, oh, okay, you have to do this. You know what I mean? Because they, they look up to you. You know, they do look yeah. up to you because of where you're guiding the company, right? So, no, that's, I mean, I, that's, again, I love your company and the way you run your business. And, and I've talked that about with, uh, with Gino. That's one of our top, you know, when we, me and Gino have our, you know, one-on-ones, your name pops up because we're talking about how do we make our business better? Like, how do we treat our, you know, employees? What can we do? You know, and, Give them and, chocolate. <laughs> And you know what? We should just buy a whole bunch of chocolates and, and this is how they get paid. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing going that way. So yeah, I mean, I'm so happy, you know, that I got to meet you, man. Like, you know, when you, when I, I, I'm trying to remember how we met actually, I know it's at the refine. It was at the event. Was it uh, Mark Jacobs or Michael Kors? Michael um, Kors. Yeah. It's a Michael Kors event. Um, yeah. My good friend, uh, Ferdy, who um, put the event together, I invited me. So I went there, and I remember, like, within five minutes of talking to you, I was just like, okay, I feel like I'm at home. So I literally, I think I excused myself, and I went to the front, and I signed up right then and there. Yeah, you did. I remember that. I remember that because, again, it's it's just one of those things that we do gravitate, and the, the ones that we attract, it's like we don't really have to do advertising in a sense because – you know, as soon as you walk in, the person walks in, you know, they're going to, they want to be part of the, 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 the family, so to speak. Right. And I've noticed that, especially you, I mean, you get your, you get service almost every day. There was a time that you were just coming in just to get your hair fixed. Like you would come yeah. in, how your hair, you know, all the, you know, curly and everything. And then you come in and Jason or Marcel, I'm not sure if you ever had Ricky fix your hair and yeah, then, you would, then you would go out to wherever you were going for dinner or whatever, or your meeting or your presentation or something. But you always made a chance. You always had time to come in at the refine. And was that, is it because you just were too lazy to do your hair or something about relaxing you? It gets you in the you know right mode to, to go out and do what you have to do. Oh, uh, well, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm always, lazy to just like do my hair you know what i mean like hence the curly. the curliness it's, i love your curly hair but it's good i like your curly hair but i mean you know it was also you know just like going there you know i mean like um every time i went to refine um there was just always like um, people that i knew and um it was just always good company so i mean like it's just like one of those like places that you definitely want to go to you know i and i'm not just like trying saying that because um, we're doing this interview <laughs> or anything. I mean, like, off off the top, you know, I mean, like, it was just, it's just one of my favorite places to be, you know. I mean, it really is my second home. So, I mean, um, even if I went there, like, you know, when the doors just opened and I'm, like, the first person there, I mean, even, like, just talking to uh, the people who work there and everything, um, it's just always a good time, you know what I mean? So if you want to get your day started off to a good note and, you know, just like have that good energy about you, you go there, you know I mean? You mm -hmm. just go there and you feel great, you know? Yeah. 
And I think for entrepreneur, us business people and entrepreneurs, we need that. We need that space, that safe space to kind of recharge. And, and again, if it's not the refine, it's somewhere else. But for me, that it's like a little hideaway. Like my favorite part was always going to the man cave. Everyone knew that, that if I really needed to kind of turn off and really focus because I had to make a decision or something, the man cave was the place. It was nice, dark TV was there. The video games were there. Maybe play a little video games. But yeah, I've noticed that with you, you know, out of all the members, I, and you know, that's how we got to know each other because you were in all the time and I loved it. And every time you came in and you know, cause all the, the staff all year is like, hi, Christian, as soon as you walk into the door. Right. So no, again, this is not an app for refine it. Hopefully everyone doesn't think that, but it's just, that's how Seriously, we met. Sign up. <laughs> sign up. Yeah. Sign up now. But no, it's, that's what, what I love about, you know, the refine, but it's what I love about, you know, talking to you know people like yourself entrepreneurs on this podcast it's it is about you know creating this mastermind group this this fraternity of entrepreneurs and business guys because we don't have all the answers but i love if i said throw i like i think i threw some like hey christian what do you think of these new things that the direction we're, we're doing and you're like oh yeah i like this can you maybe change this as a mobile friendly you right away had your feedback and then I, if you look at it now, I actually implemented all the things that you said is now been implemented because it made sense. Because when you're too deep in the in the thick of it, you don't really see it. But I, I'm so fortunate to have a fraternity of brothers of business that I can I get to turn to. And this is I always say this all in podcast. I do it selfish reasons because I love having these conversations when we're, you know, at the refine, you know, because yeah. when you come in, Mark Matsuyama will come in, there's, you know, Jonathan will come in, enjoy all these guys will, I'll always have a one-on-one. Sometimes we'll have a little small group. It's never actually, have you noticed that it's never been a huge group having a conversation? It's always a, like it breaks down to one or two people, uh, two or three people only. And it's never like a bunch of us talking. It's, it's, we have our moments of, Let's sit down and get to know this person or let me, whatever it is for business, talk to this person. That's what I've kind of noticed. It's really interesting, um, you know, because you can really see um, the, you know, all these things from different perspectives and everything Mm -hmm. and how if you come to that conclusion and you weren't able to make it work and Mm -hmm. these people were able to actually make it work, it's really interesting to find out how, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially, yeah. especially now with you know in the Philippines, I still think it's in the infancy of entrepreneurship, right? I mean, North America, you know, it's it's all about being your own boss, your CEO and stuff. But again, in the Philippines, it was always about being a certain profession, right? And everyone knew that your parents will tell you to be this, 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 or this. But I'm, what I'm noticing, which yeah. is so freaking exciting, is the amount of entrepreneurs and startups that are happening here. Like the startup game is freaking huge here. Like shout out to Christopher Starr. Like that guy, when it comes to like entrepreneurs and bringing a, a network of entrepreneurs, Christopher's the guy. Like he knows all the people and he he lives and breathes entrepreneur, like startups. Like he is, a, you know, he's in it. He's in it and he loves the whole, the whole aspect of it. Um, but I love seeing that because it's like, it's growing and you're watching it and you're part of it. The exciting part is that we're all part of that, right? So when you see somebody down the street or you see an article of 
on you know one of the Facebook pages, I think Startup PH. I'm like, oh, I know that person. And uh, that's exciting yeah. what's happening in the Philippines, eh? Do you see that happening, that the, 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 the huge growth, uh, the growing uh, of the entrepreneurial uh, segment? Yeah, I, I've really noticed that. I mean, it, it's insane because, like, you notice that all of these great ideas are really coming out. And it's, um, it's really moving the Philippines in a forward direction. Yeah. And, I mean... And that's one of the things, and that's one of the reasons why I also decided to stay here and pursue being an entrepreneur because it's really like the wild, wild west. Um, you know, you can play around, you can do whatever, and um, you can really experiment and see what works, what doesn't work, um, what needs to be improved and everything. So, I mean, I, I definitely noticed the, the rise of generation entrepreneur here. And um, I, I think it's, it's great. I mean, all these minds coming together to make something unique and different. So, yeah. Do you, do you see that the quarantine is going to hinder that growth or do you think it's actually lit a, a bigger fire, like a, a more kindling to the fire? Um, I think, actually, you know what? I think um, this quarantine is really good because you can actually really um how do you put it um it really helps you um analyze what you need to do to make something work especially in the new normal so i mean it actually gives you that foresight of how this quarantine is going to affect things once we actually um go from modified ecq to um the general um community quarantine and everything so um i think that this is definitely adding um wood to the fire and everything it's better preparing us for everything and giving us foresight on how to adapt and how to make something work post quarantine it's kind of like a wake-up call that you cannot rely and depend yeah. on say the government or your full-time job like you have to take control of your, your, you know, your, like I always say, the author of your book, you have to start writing it. You have to take control of it because the, you know, speaking to members, you know, on the phone and catching up with them and seeing how they're doing all of them. Yeah. All of them are saying that, you know, in the first couple of days, it was a little bit, ah, man, this sucks. How am I going to like, this is weird what I'm talking on zoom, whatever, but they have all adapted. They've all said that their business is stronger now than, uh, pre quarantine because they're like, no, I got to see what was happening. I adapted to it. And then I'm, I'm not waiting to, I'm not in survival mode. It's probably the best. Uh, Monty hook says that is that business now don't be in survival mode, man. Like you need to attack, like you have to play the offense now and you need to attack this. Like you can't wait. Cause look what happens when you're waiting. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone's, yeah. some people are waiting and it's sad to see that. And obviously I know that there's opportunities. A lot of people don't have the opportunities, but when you do have an opportunity and you have a business, this is not the time to play defense. It's offense, offense, offense. It's not survival mode. Yes. And, and I think that's like when Monty, you know, he wrote an article about that on Forbes, man. And it's like, yes, like that's what we've been doing. And it's like, I've just had, I had that, I just read it a couple of days ago, but we've been doing that from like maybe the third or fourth day of quarantine and said, you know what, 
the kind of person entrepreneurs are is like, you know, don't tell them you can't do something because they're going to do it. So that's, I feel like yeah. that's all of us. I think that's what's exciting about this, you know, this time right now is like, okay, let's see. Let's see who's a real entrepreneur. Who's, let's see who the real businesses are. And, and it's exciting. So you're right. It's adding it's wood into the fire. Uh, you know, and also like a lot of people, um, once the quarantine hit, they said, oh, this is the end. You know, I mean, um, so I have a lot of friends who I told them, hey, you got to stay relevant. You know, you got to keep on pushing, even though things are are tough. <laughs> and um, against some of my um, advice, I mean, like they've stopped marketing. So it's like they're going to have to restart. You know, it's like they let the yeah. fire go out. So they have to restart and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, actually now... Um, the moment this quarantine hit, you have to look at it as an opportunity, an opportunity to adapt and an opportunity to definitely make it work and, you know, to make something an advantage for you. Yeah, no, exactly. And again, I'm not, you know, saying that it, it's been easy. It's been really hard for, you know, I know there's a lot of hardships out there and I, and when I see yeah. You know, those gatherings, you know, all the people gathering in the market, you know, a big part of me, obviously, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they're doing that. They're just delaying this. But at the same time, there's a lot of sympathy. There's a lot like we they don't these people, a lot of them don't have they don't have refrigerators. They, they're living 12 in a house. You know, what I mean, it's so hot. They need to get out. They have to earn money because, right? you know, waiting for for it to happen. So uh, there is a lot. So I understand it's a lot of hardship. But at the same time, if you're able to take a step back and, and attack it, then, you know, we're going to be better for it. That's why I think my me being optimistic, I think the economy is going to bounce back faster, especially here in the Philippines. I don't know about the states. I'll be honest with you. The states worries the hell out of me. And I know Toronto's doing well. But, but when it comes to the Philippines, I'm very, very confident that there will be a bounce back um, obviously the whole vaccine and treatment is really important in that factor, but I am confident that the Filipino we're super freaking resilient. You know I mean? That's one yeah. thing we're stubborn as F like, you know I mean, we'll, we'll go do it and we'll, we'll bounce back and nothing stops them. I mean, that's, that's the, the you know, the characteristic of every Figure Filipino, how resilient they are. Yeah. I mean, um, and, that that's so true. I mean, the Filipino is very resilient, but we also have to acknowledge that the Filipino is very hard-headed. I mean, with everything that's going on right now, we haven't come close to flattening the curve. Yeah. So um, it's like we have to have a plan A and a plan B. So plan mm -hmm. A is um, what are we going to do if this gets extended, and uh, plan B what are we going to do once this went well what our game plan is for once this ends and what are the key signs to look out for for um how the economy how buying and how um yeah. how the new normal is going to be once this new normal becomes the old normal yeah exactly it's yeah it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold because again the one thing that we can't do is plan too far ahead you know, that's one thing I'm learning really quickly is like, if you're going to plan for a month from now, forget it. Like we thought we were going to be part of the MCQ then or the GCQ. Then they added this M in front of it. So we're not part of that. So I told my staff, even when we we're planning the home services, says, 
just just wait it's not going to happen but let's plan for it you know and and that's that's the one thing you got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best kind of thing but you also have to be yeah. ready right because again what you know again i sympathize with the government man it's not a it's not an easy decision and there's going to be a lot of critics you know from every side but it's it's a tough decision man what to do restore the economy or restore a life like you, you can't restore a life so that's that's the hard part um but yeah like i said what a you know for you know tra transition yeah. to uh, for us i mean i think i've seen it with you and and the people i've talked to the other members uh and all the my friends they all of them are adapting which is it, it makes me feel good watching the adaption and you know everyone needs a haircut though because like i'm looking at your <laughs> hair i'm wearing a baseball hat i mean i can cut my hair but i'm just too lazy to do it it's not that easy i cut you know i mean like i'm i'm ready to help anybody out once they open up this gcq i might even pick up the the clippers and and start cutting and helping out with that because <laughs> i get i get dms all the time bro i just got one before our interview uh Nerez la fuega la fuego he, he messaged me his hair and it was bad. I'm like, whoa, bro. He goes, do you have any advice? I said, uh, yeah, baseball hat. And he started laughing. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm ready. I am ready to get back out there. Um, what are you going to do? First thing. First thing you're going to do. Like, honestly, first like, thing when they lift up this lockdown, what are you going to do? Man, I'm telling you straight up right now, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the refined. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, I know. I, I'm getting the same answer from every single person. That's why we're doing the home service, so we can, you know, play it safe, but make sure we you don't have to leave. We'll we'll cut your hair and get you all ready for your Zoom meetings or whatever meeting. But man, bro, I want to thank you so much, man. Like like I said, this is a, a interview that I've been waiting for to have with you because that's your yes. when you first see you, you're like you're like this good looking dude, this model kind of guy. And then, but behind that, all that, man, you're, 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 a, you're a business guy. Like you have, you're a true entrepreneur. Like you are, like you're in it. You're all in totally. Not just saying that because of the show, you are all in. Like I know coming from the States to the Philippines, there's sacrifice that you have to make. And, but you're like, F that I'm coming back here. This is my home, but this is your passion. And you absolutely are doing everything you're doing in life is because of passion which that's why I needed you on the show, man. Like if you're an inspiration to me and then I'm hoping someone that's listening to this gets inspired by your story and, and, and Hey man, you got to try the chocolates. I'm, again, this is not a, a, a friggin' sponsored ad. This is like, you have to try it, bro. It's, it's really, really good. Right on. Hey, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that I was able to join you on this. I've actually really been looking forward to this also. And I'm glad that you like the chocolates. But a uh, quick suggestion, if they yeah. do continue then this ECQ mm -hmm. um, and the refined is unable to do the home service, um, mm -hmm. haircuts or anything, um, a nice solution to that. Um, I remember you said something about uh, baseball caps. Man, how nice would it be to have the refined baseball caps? Oh, my God. That's so – you know what? Bro, I, I don't know why. You know why? It's funny because I never thought of it. But I also have the one and the only one, the unique the refined baseball cap. Everyone who saw me wearing it, they always say, when are you coming out with that? When are you coming out with it? I never did. I don't know why. I think I was just like, oh, you know, it's a one of a kind kind of thing. But you know what? That's a really, I never thought of that, bro. You know what? There's I'm no gonna, time like that. 
tomorrow I'm going to, because I need a, I know Amy needs a printing press anyways. I've been trying to get her to do, she has an amazing line called Black, Baba Black Sheep. And I, you know, trying to find someone during the cute, you know, the quarantine to, to do the shirts. I said, let's just get a printing. Let's, let's get one of those freaking press on yeah. thing. And, or I think it's like maybe 9K or something like that. You know what? I'm going to get on this hat thing because I know, like, again, it's not about the money. It's to get, you know, you wearing one and, and other people. Because I have been asked about that one hat. I, have you ever seen it, the black one, the big TR? I have. I'd rock it. I would so rock that hat. All right. I, you know what? Mark, you know, this is, let's mark it right now. This hat is going out, you know, going out there because of Christian. We're going to get get it made and we're going to get people wearing this uh, hat. So that's going to be the first thing I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to start researching uh, the hats and getting the one, the hats and then the press because it's super easy to do. I, I watched the guy do it in front of me. I'm like, that's all you have to do. I'm like, freak, I'm going to, I'm going to make this. And I never did. Again, I never did because, you know, oh, I have other stuff to do. But now with the quarantine, it's like, oh, I want other stuff to do. So coming That's soon, well. to head, head near you, you're going to get the TR hats. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you again so much, Thank man. You. I appreciate this. And then I'll, obviously I'm going to give you a call and we'll talk about the pizza in uh, Mahogany Place. Yeah. Maybe, we'll just, well, maybe we'll call it MP3 pizza. I don't know. <laughs> MP pizza. MP pizza. Or, MP pizza. <laughs> or something like that. Let me work on it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, man. Take care. Peace out. Thank you for listening to All In, a podcast brought to you by The Refined, a gentleman's lifestyle experience. Visit therefinedlounge.com for more details.